Hello and welcome to another episode of We Are All Idiots. It's Tan Weir from Perth. And Faraz from London. So lately we've been getting into quite deep topics. And uh, this week we thought we'll segue from last week, last week's topic about not being yourself or the struggles of being yourself and segue into vulnerability, um, which is a mouthful of a word, really. Can you say that for us easily? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I think yes is not the answer I was looking for. Say the word. You can't just say yes. Vulnerability. Yeah, okay. (laughs) Um, It's, I I think it's, it's kind of a buzzword that goes around quite a lot these days, probably because of Brené Brown. She is a huge advocate of vulnerability and she's, um, you know, I think she's got a PhD uh, researching this topic and basically she's dedicated her whole life to research. She's written a number of books. I've read one and I've sort of read another one. I didn't quite finish that one. Um, I haven't finished it. But it's basically all about vulnerability. She teaches business leaders. She le- teaches l- vulnerability in um, in in the corporate world. Um, so, what is vulnerability? I mean, what 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 do you? What's vulnerability to you for us? So I've I've literally just gone on to the dictionary. This because I, I was just thinking this, the first thing I want to kind of add is the official definition of what it means. And then kind of uncover and unpeel our own perspectives on it. So the official. Firstly, like before we start, you have you read have you read Brené Brown's books at all? I haven't. No, but I watched the, oh, the TED talk. It was oh, really, right. really helpful, like really really insightful, and I think yeah, just given how much work she's done around the subject, there was there, like there's a real depth to the the information and and kind of. She's got a lot of evidence behind what she's saying. It's not like she's just coming up with some theory and she's talking about it. Yeah. It's based on thousands of um, people that she's actually looked into mm. and, and kind of joined the dots between a lot of humans. So a lot yeah. of the time when you've done kind of research based on such a vast kind of number of experiences and, and yeah. such a huge um, sample size. Sacrifice. Yeah. yeah, you're going to get quite good results. Um, I think the danger of anything is when you have like a really small study based on 20, 30 people, it doesn't necessarily represent a population. It might represent yeah. a small pool of people within a population. But when you do thousands of people, chances are a thousand person sample size is, is generally going to be quite a good reflection of what you're you're dealing with. It, again, it might be just based on one, one country. So depending mm. on how research was done, whether it was purely on on us citizens or whether it was further yeah further cast um around the globe or, or whatever it might be um yeah. but it, yeah the, obviously the bigger bigger investigation that you do the better results you're going to get and and close yeah. alignment to to population as a whole yeah but yeah so i just thought i'd, I'd start with the the official kind of definition just because i guess vulnerability to everyone listening would be it means something slightly different um but i think this nicely sums it up um in a way where i guess everything that we think ourself and what we define as vulnerability probably stems from this so vulnerability the quality or state of being exposed 
to the possibility of being attacked or harmed, either physically or emotionally. Mm-hmm. So looking yeah. at that, it's just it, it, it it's quite a broad definition, in a sense of that possibility of being attacked, right? That's what you're you're leaving yourself exposed. You're leaving yourself open to whether it's kind of someone critiquing you or there's a physical vulnerability. There's possibly a social vulnerability um, in terms of whether it's like how people perceive you. There's an economic vulnerability um, in terms of obviously it's 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 a number of struggles that people go through, and you have the vulnerability of of actually being open and honest about those to other people. Um, yeah. I think most yeah. people don't want to show their struggle to other people um, or yeah. that they're whatever they don't want to show their negatives. And and it's a perfect example of how social media, let's say, right now, um, there was a really interesting conversation we had with someone yesterday actually. So had a couple of um, friends who were speaking to yesterday, um, and and basically someone said like um, there was this pretty big uh, Instagram personality that they knew, and they paint their picture so nicely on Instagram, and actually behind the scenes like they're going through a lot of stuff like parents um, kind of relationship issue, they they had like a job issue, they had money struggles and all this kind of stuff, but that aspect of not wanting to show that realness and and the actual side of their life because they want to make sure that on social media they're not left vulnerable and exposed to what their actual life is like they want to make sure people think that it's still rosy and they're getting gifted all this stuff they're eating in nice restaurants and things like that Mm. so it's 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 really it's wanting to be accepted with i mean i'm just trying to think just taking it a step further from what we discussed last week. So being yourself, I mean, it is very, very close, I guess. You know, it's um, uh, when you are being yourself and you're struggling to be yourself, um, you basically, um, you're basically struggling um, with the thought that you will be rejected or with the concept that you might be, might be rejected if you did something that, you either believe in or something that you want to do or something you want to wear um and 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 that's what social media is about i guess isn't it that you want to look a certain way so that you are accepted in the society or you are um you're basically not rejected for um for just being yourself and being i guess vulnerable is to me is just accepting the consequences fully and 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 being comfortable with the fact that you will you could be rejected but doing it anyway mm. and i think that's the thing you know what we were talking about last week so i'm actually looking here what are, what are the four main types of vulnerability it says physical economic social and environmental don't quite know what yeah. environmental means but social is probably more aligned to what we were talking about last week, where it's about being you, right? The first two, physical vulnerability, economic vulnerability, the first thing that comes to mind when you're talking about physical vulnerability, probably aligns a lot to, say, um, 
possibly burn victims, uh, people that have scars, people that have um, acne. Acne, yeah, like uh, any any kind of physical kind of thing that yeah. people always try and cover up until they're completely comfortable with the world seeing it. And a lot of the time you have it where, say, um, with uh, acne, it's a little bit harder because it's kind of needs makeup to cover it up, right? You can't necessarily just hide that away. But anything lower than the neck, you can kind of cover it up, right? Whether it's a, a burn or anything like that. And, and it's very difficult for, for people to overcome these things because it's not necessarily like it's not necessarily presented in society that that's an attractive trait. And I think things are becoming better nowadays because people are people are promoting it in a certain type of way that we should accept people completely. So whether it's um, uh, kind of what's what, what's this what's that skin condition where you have um, it'll be kind of pigment. Oh yep yep yeah. Um, I don't know exactly what it's called, but I know what you're talking yeah, about. Where pigments where it becomes sort of light much whiter than is that alopecia? Uh, I don't think so. Alopecia vitiligo. is loss of hair, yeah. isn't it? I think vitiligo. Oh right, okay, yep. Yeah, so like that's for example, if you look, um, that there, there's obviously that's something that people have had for god knows how long. I, I know someone um like a really close family friend um i think you've met him as well but not to mention any names but um yeah like it's something that people have had since god knows how long and I, I don't know what the actual um cause of it is but even for example there's there's a really big model winnie harlow and um she's basically made it to basically every catwalk, every front of every magazine, and it's made it now kind of accept accepted in society, and people don't look at it now like oh like oh like that's not attractive. People kind of embrace it and and accept themselves for it. So sometimes it it, it takes such a, a drastic level, like someone mm. onto a front of the magazine for it to generally then be accepted by everyone in society, which is sad that it takes such a a length to do that but yeah well yeah i think what that does is really it just proves or shows that it, everyone has has something it's 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 normal um i think it we just over the years i mean that the, the other problem is that our history is not very good you know our history has been very violent with these kinds of things people were shunned for all kinds of reasons not that long ago Mm. You know, we talk, you know, we talk about race or uh, being women or having deformities. And, you know, you, t you, you, you can look at India. India still uh, has the caste system in the, in the rural areas. It's, it's getting better, but it still exists. And these kinds of different, you know, something slightly different, people were just abandoned. Um, and we can probably say, you know, it wasn't, too long ago maybe two three hundred years ago it was still it still existed so it's so ingrained in our whole system that I, it's just hard to break out of and until it's normalized in society like that model that you talked about and uh, people of influence 
um, rather than uh, rather than the social media sort of painting this picture of everyone being perfect. You know, we need a lot more of these kind of um, things where people talk about um, mental health is a mental illness is another example, you know, where now lots of big celebrities and, and uh, sports people, they openly come out and talk about depression and all kinds of mental illness. And that's, you know, that's helping people to be vulnerable a little bit and, and accept or um, uh, just, you know, even talk about it and just, uh, just say that uh, it's, it's okay to be mentally ill. Um, it's the same, I think. Um, I think until a lot of sort of big personalities and celebrities and people in power don't don't not try and normalize it, um, you know, it, it, it's not really it, it's not really going to change completely. So it's going to be a slow change just because it's ingrained so much. Yeah, and I think you know what's what's interesting is that aspect of that mental health side, right? And it was always something I think most people were really probably around 10, 15 years ago, at least maybe even less than that. No one would talk about it. That was complete vulnerability to, to let someone know that you're struggling mentally would be considered such a weakness in the past. And now it's kind of accepted by a lot of people that it's actually to, to be able to speak up about it is, is showing your strength in, in accepting yeah reality accepting struggles accepting the pain and suffering you're going through so it's a really interesting thing that you mentioned there that people on such a influential level need to need to speak about something before it becomes something that on the lower end of of things like the normal people also yeah i i think i think just because we um as human beings we are so um uh, it, it's I guess it's a paradox we're so vulnerable in 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 this in the sense that we need that assurance and validation from from the outside to be to be more vulnerable you know to be sorry to be vulnerable in in the open um, and um, yeah, I mean another example I just thought of when you're talking about uh, mental illness is homosexuality. That's another thing that, you know, people are sort of becoming more and more open and accepting themselves and being vulnerable. And um, it's, you know, it, it was never easy. These kinds of things and topics were not easy to talk about. I mean, I can't, can you imagine just being in the, um, if let's, you know, 15th, 16th century, where, where just 500 years ago in all our existence, and all these minorities would have been just oh it would have been a tough time i mean we are pretty lucky to be in this sort of era where we can talk about these things openly yeah but even then like you look at it and it's still such a big issue for a lot of people um and i think we might not see the complete effect. Like, say, for example, if you went to Asia, Africa, um, or, or, or just even South America, I reckon there's there's a lot of places and city, big cities that probably will still not necessarily accept those things. Um, 
whether it's mental health, whether it's homosexuality, there's, lo- there's loads of taboo aspects and subjects that people still um, still don't necessarily talk about, accept, discuss amongst kind of aspects of the community. And, and, and I think that's the sad thing is that that often drives, you see it quite a lot when you have people that struggle to speak and discuss things. The sad reality is that they often only have the option of suicide in their mind because mm. they can't completely be themselves and they think it's not worth living this life if they can't be themselves. And purely yeah. because of that vulnerability and inability to to openly discuss who they are or expose themselves to the people around them, they end up just just taking their own life, which is, I think that's, it's a really tough, tough way of thinking about it. But yeah, like, that's really sad. And I think this is where parenting is so powerful because if you've, if you've got a good support system at home, you, you're almost, you know, you, you just set for life to go out in the, in the real world and just, if you are just fully, fully accepted and you can just, um, uh, you know, you can just talk openly about your feelings. And um, as an example, one of my friend's sons came out recently as gay. And, you know, the, it, it's it's a, it, it's a testament to her uh, way of parenting, how she brought her kids up that he, at the age of 15, could be comfortable to um, uh, to accept and to voice his uh, his homosexuality, um, as opposed to someone in you know in the seventies eighties. One one of my neighbors actually he had five kids uh, before he came out at the age of thirty six or thirty seven. I mean, imagine go- imagine doing that. I mean, imagine going through that. You know, you know, just living your adult life and having kids, and then I mean, it's not good for anyone. Five kids is quite a lot, though. <laughs> it is, I know, I know, and it's. But he's, you know, he's he's from the rural area of um, uh, of New Zealand, and he basically, you know, that's that's really. And back in the back in the day as well, five kids. I guess it wasn't really that big. Did, did uh, was there a certain point in that? Like, obviously, I don't want to critique the story or anything like that. But like, was there a part of that journey where he was thinking that he wasn't gay? No, I think what happened was the era he's from. It was it was just all almost like people were punished for being gay or people tried to exercise homosexuality out of people. So it was, you know, it was a completely different era to we're living in now. It was not something that, you know, people used to, to um, take their own lives. And um, there were just horrific things happening back in the, back in the day or seventies or sixties or whatever it might be. Um, even I think as as recent as eighties, it wasn't really that accepted. Mm. Um, so I don't. I 
don't know, but I don't think that he there was any time there would have been any time that he was thinking he's not gay. It, yeah, it's no, just that obviously to have five kids is um, well, I, either obviously it doesn't mean to, to be kind of um, your orientation doesn't necessarily mean you don't want or do want kids, right? Like you've got people who are in heterosexual relationships that don't want kids and you've got probably a lot of people who are in homosexual relationships that are yeah really eager to be parents as well so i don't think it defines the the, the desire to be a parent necessarily but like it's quite an emotional journey to have five children with a woman oh, I, um, can you i can't i cannot imagine i mean he's 50 now and he's very happily gay of course and he, he, you know, if you, if you're sort of growing up in that era where you're constantly told that this is it's um, a sin or it's just completely wrong and it's just a disease, it's not really something that is uh, is natural, and you're just constantly told that, and you are just struggling through that your whole. Um, adolescence and then you are in your 20s and you're still struggling and you just want to just fit in mm. i mean in even in today's world people want to fit in so you i can't imagine what these guys must have gone through back in, in the 70s yeah. yeah for sure for sure i think that's the thing is that it's very difficult to know at this point in time there's like obviously 25 years ago people weren't talking about what we're talking about today, right? Like that aspect of um, mental health, homosexuality or transgender or anything, right? Anything that people are talking about now that they weren't talking about 25 years ago, it's very hard to know what is that thing. Cause it, it, it everything obviously goes through uh, periods of, of kind of being a taboo subject and then becoming a little bit more open. So there's obviously things that people probably didn't speak about back in the fifties and forties, maybe it was smoking or drugs or it could be anything, right? Yeah. It became suddenly a bit more um, kind of okay to, to talk about certain subjects. So it's interesting to think, okay, if we are to look, cause there's a, obviously a positive of looking back and reflecting, but we also then have to apply that information and, and understanding to today's world and potentially what we're not talking about today that we will openly talk about in 25 years because there will be people that are taking their own life going through a lot of mental discomfort um because they can't talk about a particular subject so just to really put that random question out there what is that thing that people aren't able to do right now what is that subject that people are really struggling to um openly discuss that is completely taboo. I'm not really sure. I think we are just, as a society, we're just getting very emotionally intelligent now and topics that we would not dare touch before. Uh, we are just talking about you know, being yourself. Millennials have been known to change careers every, I don't know what the stats are now, but it used to be, I think, at the most every three years. So, you know, pe that's I guess that's also a part of being vulnerable where you're just being yourself. You don't want to, you're open to being rejected rather than being okay with mediocrity. Um, 
so yeah, I think we're living in a pretty pretty good era. But on the flip side, it's also a mental illness and all the mental health related issues. They've they've been the highest it's ever been. So it's, it, I I you know I'm just lost for words sometimes. It's just um. I guess, like you've mentioned in the beginning, social media probably has a big part to play in that. But that's also debatable. I think some people who are advocates of social media, that it's opened up a lot of opportunities, they say social media is not bad. But yeah, it's it's a tough one. But I think we're living in a pretty good era where we can... Um, where we can at least we are recognizing or acknowledging the fact that it's it's fine to be vulnerable and we've got all this research and countless books like Brené Brown and um and Mark Manson who wrote Settle Out of Not Giving a Fuck um those kinds of books available so mm. and you know I, I know loads of friends who call themselves self-help junkies but it's really i mean it's i i like to think of it as self-development really because you're just made improve trying to improve yourself you're reading and trying to understand others that's another way i like to look at it when when i read these books it's it's um not only understanding yourself but it helps you understand other people because you know you're just one of um one of seven and a half billion people out there yeah yeah two two thoughts in terms of what you've just mentioned in terms of looking at how people are these days part of me feels like because of how accepting people are i think sometimes people are scared to challenge thoughts as well. So I feel like sometimes part of the struggle in the conversation is that people don't want to say anything wrong these days. And it might not be something that they're saying is wrong, but they're very scared to say anything wrong that it sometimes will close, close a conversation where sometimes we need to discuss it further. And again, I might be wrong here and people may be like, no, actually, why should it be a conversation? Certain things are right and wrong, um, whether it's about how society is and this and that. Because I think some people are genuinely may have an opposing view to, to certain things that are happening or are going on or certain changes. And they may have a really interesting perspective, but they're really scared now. So the vulnerability isn't about um, opening up. It's about speaking up. That is such a good point. It's it's a huge paradox because it's almost like let's it it you know it's 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 gone it's almost like it's gone too far. You know, let's let's take let's go take the homosexuality example again or feminism. You know, these kinds of things that were or uh, groups of people that were really oppressed over the centuries. You have we have reached a point like you were saying that we people have people are scared now to voice their opinions in um in the fear that they'll offend people and you just every everyone gets offended these days right it's uh 
it's people make jokes about it and lots of comedians talk about it that ev- everything is offensive these days yeah so that is such a good point you make there um it's almost like vulnerability gone too far and now the people who are on the other side um can't be themselves because because the other group are being too vulnerable <laughs> it's yeah so it's like the, the minority has felt vulnerable for such a, a long period of time right and obviously with that aspect of um feminism or equality or gender equality it's not a minority it's it's quite a big portion of society but if you look at some things where it's a minority um aspect of anything that we've got to discuss like there'll be minorities that have been in an uncomfortable situation where they can't necessarily discuss things but after after that because of that the the majority are now feeling uncomfortable i don't know maybe they're they're unjustly feeling uncomfortable to voice their opinion and their opinion may not necessarily be required here because it's not their struggle that we're discussing but yeah it's just a random thought that obviously people being unable to talk or voice their opinion is again going to be a form of it's a vulnerability of oh yeah look you know i think it's it is a tough one and it's i educated myself a lot during the the black lives matter movement and it's almost like if you're offending a group of people who have been oppressed or who have gone through a tough time over centuries and millennia then it's probably probably the right thing for you not to be able to express your thoughts or opinion i think yeah. in those cases it's it's time to listen isn't it and yeah. and to educate yourself and i mean i put my hand up and we used to talk about this before george floyd my understanding was completely different to the the post george floyd era um so yeah I, I, yeah it is it is a tough one but i think it's the important thing is that you just have to be so you know you have to be sensitive and and just have a completely open mind um with the intention of um or just wanting to learn and and just at least you know trying your best to see the other perspective yeah and then voicing your opinion is fine yeah completely dismissing something is is not fine yeah and and back to what you were saying is like i i don't think people are necessarily not saying something out of the fear of offending i think a part of it is they don't want to say anything out of fear of judgment more than anything so mm-hmm. they don't want to be judged now in a society that's so accepting to say something that potentially may be a little bit kind of whoa like yeah i don't know if you can say that anymore like we shouldn't be kind of having those kind of conversations you can't whatever it might be i don't i'm trying to think of an example right now um but really struggling but yeah it's it's one of the things like i don't i think it's not necessarily you don't want to offend people maybe an element of that but you don't want to be judged yourself is the main reason you don't want to say something because you don't want other people to think that you don't care about the matter yeah 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 no, i agree so again it, 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 it's it's closely linked um yeah. to maybe not directly offending that group but um feeling judged for not being part of that that 
group that talks about this almost. Um, yeah. And the way society is these days is chances are if you say something slightly wrong, the people in the room will talk about you outside the room and saying like, oh my God, he didn't, he or she didn't really understand it or they didn't get it. And like they're stuck yeah. in the loop of this 21st century blah 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 whatever it is and uh, yeah, everyone's done it absolutely yeah. like you just instantly get oh he's so right wing or he's so left wing exactly your box straight away and i think that's a sad thing is that everyone's so ready to put people into a box and um it's just not the way we should we should be living our life we shouldn't be thinking about people's opinion like say for example if um well obviously like J jordan peterson's a really good example right he says some really interesting things but he will always be put into a box of like oh he's against x he's against y he's against z but yeah. sometimes you have to just listen to him to understand the perspective because he may say some things he's someone that you look at and you think it, it's a perfect example he you, he says things that you really if you hear them from a friend or from a colleague at work or whatever you may be like whoa like i don't think you should be saying that but because it's jordan peterson and he's got a lot of kind of respect in the industry in terms of his research is kind of he's done a lot of investigative matters into all yeah. sorts of psychology stuff right so um i think he's obviously a good voice from an alternative perspective so yeah i think we sometimes have to look at people and, and hear what they say but at the same time yeah we have to be conscious of um we don't want to reverse the progress that we've made um over the last five ten years in particular in discussing certain topics and making sure yeah. people feel a part of society yeah. because i think that's the main thing is letting everyone feel part of the society and not having anyone feel like they're an outsider yeah yeah no i agree and uh jordan peterson i actually love listening to jordan peterson just the arguments he makes they're all based on facts and research and and he's obviously got a psychology background. He's a lecturer and professor. And um, I mean, it must be amazing being in, in his class. Um, but just on, on a completely sort of flipped note, um, you know, someone recently who, uh, who brings these kinds of issues to the forefront in a completely different way and really controversial way, way is Borat. You know, it's 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 like you might laugh, but some of the I don't know if you've seen his new film, but it's just amazing the kinds of issues that he talks about. And it might be so offensive, but some of the stuff that he touches in the US and people he talks to and the kinds of sort of emotions he evokes, it's unbelievable. I think that's the thing with his movie. It's so silly. But yeah. just so ridiculously intelligent. And I don't yeah. either appreciate his movie because it's so well produced and he's kind of hitting matters on the head straight up, no bullshit, yeah. tackling things without really any care. And most people would be scared to deal with those those subjects. And he's done loads of things in the movie where, that, say, for example, I can't remember what um, the guy's name was, but remember the scene where they the guy went back to the hotel room and oh, the girl, and then borat jumped in and um did like i was like no 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 i was just taking the mic off blah 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 untucking yeah. my shirt or tucking my shirt back in and it's like he 
like to do that, you have to be quite fearless because it's not like oh. it's, uh, it's not like it's any human he's doing that with. It's someone with quite big, yeah, kind of yeah. sphere of influence is, is pretty big. Um, and obviously, he's probably closely linked with Donald Trump as well. So obviously, it's one of the most influential men in 2020 right now, right? Um, so yeah, he the way he tackles some of the matters in that is it's oh, I mean, he's so intelligent. Sasha Baron Cohen, where you listen to him talk in interviews, he's so intelligent. Have you heard his, um, I think it's Harvard speech? Oh, no, I haven't. I yeah, should listen. Yeah, really I'm a huge good. fan of him. Yeah, okay. But he's, I, I don't know where he studied. Let's have a look. Where, where did he study? Because I think he studied at, um, I think he went somewhere pretty good. I think he went to Cape. Uh, you you yeah. look past his offensive um writing in, in borat films and it's just the issues that he touches i think you know they're just um so current and just it, it they just make you really make you think especially in it, it, at, well, outside of the big cities in the u.s mm. yeah so looking at looking at his um education background he went to haberdashers which is a really good private school um, and then he went to Cambridge for universities. Um, so yeah, so he he studied history, which is never an easy subject to, to kind of do well. Mm. And he obviously went to Cambridge. So yeah, I mean, he's, he's he's definitely a smart smart guy. And obviously, I think it's more about he he's learnt to balance um, that aspect of comedy, but throwing in some really important subjects and i think there's quite a few comedians that do it in a really mm. interesting way i think they, they, the best comedians are able to do that whether it's um kind of kevin hart dave Chappelle talking about um kind of race matters or whatever it is they do it they do it in such a great way but it's like it makes people think mm. even uh what's the canadian guy's name again um indian the canadian indian yeah russell oh. peters russell peters he deals with some really interesting kind of aspects on on race again, um, but it just it, it's just I think comedy always lets people talk about things that they're scared to talk about in a normal mm. sense, and yeah. they can have these really difficult conversations on a platform that people don't necessarily take offense because let's be honest, some of the some of the things that people say in a comedy show is sometimes really offensive, but because it's a comedy show. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or how many times? It, 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 sometimes, sometimes it's fine. Like you look at Ricky Gervais's example, and he just offends so many people in Golden Globes, his Golden Globe speech. But really, all he's doing is he mostly just states facts. It's they're not even jokes. <laughs> they're just like yeah. they're just straight up facts. But they are so offensive just because it's it involves celebrities, and they're just things that are not spoken about i love it because it's like everyone there kind of knows that it's true as well and it's just such a big audience of quite well-known influential people and they're all just sitting there laughing even though they're like shit secrets out <laughs> yeah i think there's a lot to learn you're right there's a lot to learn from comedians the way they do it and because they just don't care almost and it's almost like comedy they hide behind this veil of comedy that 
you know, comedy, you just talk about these kinds of things and you are a little bit offensive. But some of the issues that these guys touch on, they're so intelligent. Mm. Um, you know, Ricky Gervais, Sasha Baron Cohen, Kevin Hart, these guys, they just, yeah, different kinds of topics. Um, and I can't remember any sort of women comedians um, off the top of my head, but feminism is another topic that's talked about a lot in comedy. Um, and it's just, yeah, the, I think it's a, there's a lot to learn from these guys on how to be vulnerable and just j- just basically just uh, be okay with being rejected. Oh, and you look at they get, going back. They get rejected to another level, right? Like imagine, like even I remember watching a documentary, Kevin Hart first, he, I think he used to go to New York all the time really early on in his career and he just do stand-up com- comedy and there'd be like one person in the crowd. And they would like, this is one of the biggest comedians of today. And he had literally no, no one cared. No one cared in the room. So that's a pure example of vulnerability of just letting yourself be out, trusting, trusting that it's okay to, trusting the process to be you and have faith in what you have. A lot of these guys have gone through like that. You know, Ricky Gervais, I think, only became big when in his late 30s. Same with Jerry Seinfeld. He was late 30s. Um, you know, they, these guys have probably played to one, two people in the crowd and really, really struggled and being being themselves and not given up. Um, obviously, that's a slightly different topic, you know, just kept going to chase their dream and so on. But it's still all part of being vulnerable, isn't it? And um, uh, it's yeah, there's definitely a lot to learn from them. And just going back to Ricky Gervais, I remember I think he's done Golden Globes five times, and honestly, like the amount of offensive stuff he comes up with, I don't know how he keeps getting called back for <laughs> for the Golden Globes. I think it's a matter of like because he does it in such a way where. I think people just like the rawness of it. Even when, um, oh, who did the speech when Trump got, when Trump was made president four years ago? Who did Again, the speech? An, an Asian comedian. Um, I forgot his name completely. Trump inauguration. Yeah. It was... Hassan, Hassan Minaj. Oh, yeah. Yep, yep. Um, yep. Yeah. As well. um, yep. But yeah, he absolutely rinsed him. And that's the thing. Like, you've also got it with... Um, there's all these uh, TV shows now where you've got the guy getting completely grilled in, in front of everyone. And um, there's kind of an, a beauty and the honesty behind all of it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 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 if we use these examples, it's almost like people, you know, th- these big celebrities, they see themselves in them when they are being vulnerable. And it also, we talked about, or you, you mentioned the model uh, before, um, people just see these examples as, uh, oh, okay, so these guys can be, these guys are just just normal people and they can be vulnerable. So why can't why can't we? It's, um, yeah. One thing that I think we've not touched on, I know just before, because I don't want to have too long an episode, of course, just because 
Um, we're already at the 45-minute mark. One thing that we haven't touched on yet is economic vulnerability. And I think it's quite a big topic, just given how everyone... I, I, I think it's something that everyone deals with. I don't think every... I think it's something that everyone deals with throughout their life. Economic vulnerability in terms of being able to afford the basic necessities and economic vulnerability in affording the luxuries. Um, mm-hmm. And I think it's something that, yeah, like I think it's something that everyone struggles with, with because if you're on the kind of lower economic scale, lower end of the economic scale, you're economic vulnerabilities lie with buying the real basic necessities of life where even whether it's heating water things like that food a shelter um and when it's when you're on the higher end of the scale your economic vulnerabilities lie around your sphere of influence and what they're buying and your affordability of certain things, mm. maybe even yachts and things that are a bit like for, for us normal people, a yacht would not be something we, we think about or care about. But when you're at that point and, and all eight of your friends have got a yacht and you're the only one that doesn't, again, that would, that economic vulnerability still plays out. So it's a, it's something that is quite interesting because it it's, it's consistent through, everyone's life i feel yeah yeah no it's a good point uh, and i i think the other interesting thing with economic vulnerability is is uh, being healthy and i feel that people who are economically vulnerable they put probably in i mean in the western world or in you know it, the third world for sure in the developing world for sure but in the western world even you can uh, you can just afford a lot more healthier things when you are um when you're less economically vulnerable you know i mean when you can't afford um three meals a day you're not going to go out and buy avocados to be healthy right mm-hmm. um, so so that's the other thing that I feel that it's, and then it becomes almost like a feedback loop because McDonald's meals can probably feed a whole family for $20. Whereas if you go and buy vegan and grass fed and all these kinds of things um, to keep your family healthy, there's you're not going to feed even one person in $20. Mm. I think that's the sad thing is that I think good health choices cost a lot mm. um bad ones like say for example i think a, a one that always comes to mind is like the idea of cereal and grains and stuff like that it like grains is fine to some extent right but cereal for me i am not saying that i don't have it regularly but cereal for me feels quite similar to chicken feed mm. In the sense of it's just like calories, oh, yeah, gives you calories, and that's about it. Just full yeah. of sugars and carbs, cheap, uh, yeah. but really probably not any good for you. Um, but pretty much, probably seventy percent of society has it. Whether it's here, whether it's in other countries, people are so used to consuming it. Um, 
And I think that's the thing is that these cheap choices aren't good for you. The expensive choices are much better for you. Um, mm. and just I mean, generally, you're left, left thinking about the, this economic vulnerability is like, do we choose X or Y? Do we let people know we are this kind of person? Like even that, that being a healthy individual and going out to eat in healthy brunch places and this and that leaves you economically vulnerable as well like do you, can you say no can you say no i can't afford it this month can you say i'm struggling because it, it's not easy in certain circles probably in every circle it's not easy to tell your friends oh i'm struggling this month i, I can't afford yeah. it this month or yeah maybe this whole year maybe this whole year has been tough do you know yeah. what I mean? I, that's it's, it's, it's the same thing where you might feel judged if you if you buy something that's not organic um, and let's say you're going to a friend's dinner and you take something that might be perceived as uh, low uh, socioeconomic mm. and you feel vulnerable, um, economically vulnerable because you can't afford it, but that's all you could afford. So you, yeah. you know, you, you would almost like, Oh, maybe I'll just, I'll just skip this dinner because you know, if I, if I take this, then it might be perceived as, uh, or I might Rude. feel might be yeah 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 yeah. that's a really interesting one because like say for example if you take um some sort of let's say you you take a dessert for example and it's not from a nice bakery it's from some other one but you yeah for you that's what you can afford and you still want to go empty-handed but at the same time everyone else in the room is like oh what this isn't from paul's bakery or from Bird bakery or anything like that right it's um yeah I think it's 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 one of them things. I think people have to just look at things in a really different way and just accept who they are and be able to talk about who they are. But also the people on the other side need to listen and accept the person on the other side of the table and not put pressures on, on their friends and family to act and be a certain way. Because like even going out to, um, let's say you go out to a dinner, right? And having that pressure on you that you have to pay for a meal of whatever it is. Yeah. Just, just randomly. I'm just trying to think on, on, on random occurrences, but you've got 20 people there and you think, Oh no, I have to pay for this because of they've come out for me or who knows Mm. the situation could play out in many different ways, but so many things play out where it's a, a pressure on you that you have to perform or act in a certain way. And then, um, then you're often left feeling like, is this even worth it? Should I even bother doing this? Exactly. I bet that is exactly right. I I remember one situation where I, the the whole reason why I thought of this um, scenario was because I remember I had gone to a friend's place once and I took, took a bottle of wine and I don't know too much about wine, right? It's just people say just, you should drink whatever you want. And um whatever sorry whatever you feel that tastes good and just not care about people and this is what the experts say but so i took this wine and i don't know too much about wine but there were some people who might be wine connoisseurs or you know just drink expensive wine and everyone sort of puts their wine in just on the table and then you know everyone just shares and i could see this guy you know he just had this wine that i got and I, I had no idea about wine, of course, again. 
He goes, oh, this one is shit, and it's not. Right. <laughs> you're you're there, like what? Fuck you. <laughs> but that's the thing, you know. Unless you are sort of doing, you are really conscious and mindful of these kind of things. Like I, I don't care. I just thought I would, you know, the opposite. Like fuck you. You don't have to drink it. Just don't drink it. <laughs> And sometimes but, it's like I, I, it's not like expensive doesn't mean good, right? Exactly. Like there's, I remember there was there's this um, I can't remember who told me or whether it was an advert. Aldi, Aldi, had an award-winning wine, and it must have been like four or five pounds. Wow. So it's like that is that is a. It's not a big supermarket. It's considered like a value cheap supermarket. And That's right. it's, a, it's a wine from there. So like you're getting... wines, by the way, just for people out there, it's not only in the UK. Aldi's wines win awards in every country, apparently. Why? So it's... Or why? It's so... oh, I, don't... I don't. And I don't... That's, it's the thing to learn from. And I think they've done blind tests with wines and with Aldi's wines and with some other cheap wines. And they, they... It, it's a lot about the label as well and these people who are sort of you know supposedly in the upper um echelons of the society or whatever they might be that they think oh this wine is shit because it's not 2016 from a certain winery it's not good yeah yeah, yeah. it's a, it's just looking at like it's it's even like for example candles i see it all the time where people have got all this perception of a good candle and i'm like i can't even smell it you can't even smell <laughs> it and i'm like try one of the candles that we produce and like compare it with a 150 pound candle and you, you make your own mind up and it's literally that. And the number of people that I know that have tried our candles, not to brag or I know it's Christmas. So go on the website, Um, (laughs) www.mizondorev.co.uk. Yeah. Like if um, like we've had so many people that uh, look at the candles, smell it and they're like, okay, wow. Like this smells really good before they burnt it they burn it, it fills the room up and they're like, why are we bought other people? I'm not going to say we're, we're better than X and Y, but other people have converted over from Joe Malone, Dittique, a number of other brands. We're not going to report them all, but um, for the purpose of the podcast, I'll keep this very neutral. Um, but um, No, like we've had a lot of people that said like, wow, this has a really good scent throw. This has a really good X, Y, and Z. And because of the label, people feel like they have to have certain ones sitting on their, on their coffee table because of the kind of history behind the brand and stuff like that, or they have to have certain uh, address with a certain label on it or a, a t-shirt yeah. with a certain brand on it or whatever it is. Like you, everyone has these things that they want to show to the world, even though it might not actually be better in terms of the quality, um, Absolutely. whether it's food, whether it's candle, whether it's a, a clothing piece, it could be anything furniture as well. Sometimes you people are buying furniture that's from a, really nice store and it looks like shit but it's yeah. from a nice store so it's like oh but yeah like i got oh. I, I they just want to say they got it from this place oh like, of course I mean, you you can just look at the bags example and people pay you know 10 15 20 dollars for a louis vuitton bag versus a three pound bag from primark Really, it's it's yeah, serving the exact same purpose. There's probably a lot of difference. <laughs> well, there's the um, it's it's uh, it just 
I, I can't actually like I can't grasp that whole thing about fifteen twenty thousand dollar bags. Um, it's it's just yeah. So it's the same thing, right? Just people pr- putting a price on the label, yeah, for the way they're perceived. Vulnerability in terms of having to to show up in a certain way, um, and I think you know what's interesting is actually over lockdown people have cared less about showing up in a certain way but mm. that's just over lockdown so people are wearing hoodies on zoom calls and being quite chilled out and not having to show up in in a particular kind of formal manner um but of course once lockdown's over i can imagine that it, it's going to go to the other side of things and people are going to get overexcited to wear the best thing that they've ever like they've not spent money on clothes for six months so they have to buy the most amazing dress and then once they can go out to the nice restaurants, they'll go to the nicest restaurant. Like they'll show up in the biggest way, best way, or mm-hmm. be fireworks and and all sorts of fancy, fancy flame throwing and this and that. So, yeah, I think the show will start once lockdown's over and once people are going back to normal. But I I hope that people can can be themselves and and not necessarily allow that vulnerability to show afterwards in terms of having to to pretend that things like financially if things are not okay after all these months of struggle we shouldn't have to pretend that they are so i hope so and you know i think the uh, the lockdown could possibly teach people just to be themselves and just you know go out and in trackies <laughs> to the supermarket rather than and i i i have heard a few friends say oh fuck it i'm just going to you know just just wear the tracksuit to the supermarket and just go out and be seen in public who cares so i hope so i hope i hope you're right we're making progress we're making progress all right guys um well i think it's been a great chat and uh we actually never expected that it would go for this long because we felt the topic this week was very very close to the topic last week about being yourself and um, it's a natural extension of being yourself to be vulnerable and um, again you know we've mentioned this a few times that we we're not pretending to be experts and um, we are definitely not experts but all we're trying to do is just um, encourage conversations and make make people think and um, just promote those these kinds of deep um, deep thoughts and um, so if you if you have any feedback or comments about what we've talked about or if you want to share your experiences please please comment and um, or email us and let us know uh, or send us a message on Instagram all idiots podcast but for now it's a goodbye from Perth and just just to add there in terms of vulnerability just make sure you feel comfortable doing what you want to do. Um, make sure that you're happy, um, whatever it may be, whether it's going to someone's place with a gift, whether it's buying certain things from the supermarket or from a from a clothing perspective, could be anything, but just be comfortable with who you are because you're the only person that's going to have to deal with those decisions on a day-to-day basis. Um, we have to grow as a society, um, but to grow as a society, we have to grow alone and within ourselves but thank you for listening this week guys that's goodbye from london